All right, guys, grab your Bibles and open to 1 Corinthians chapter number 15. 1 Corinthians and chapter number 15. <clears throat> this morning I'd like to, just a couple of moments, share with you, uh, we're going to read one verse and spend some time, time in there. So let's read verse number 58, 1 Corinthians 15 and the last verse in the chapter, verse number 58. And Paul's writing here, Therefore, my beloved brethren, be ye steadfast, unmovable, always abounding in the work of the Lord, for as much as ye know that your labor is not in vain in the Lord. Let's pray. Dear Father, Lord, we thank you for this privilege we have once again, Father, of freely coming to church and freely sitting here and freely singing and, and listening to what you have to tell us, Lord. Father, I, I do want to pray and I want to beg, Lord, and ask that you would come down and meet with these people here. Father, I don't know what they need. Uh, Lord, I don't know what's going on in their lives. Father, you do. You know, you know what's going on in their hearts. Father, please give them what they need this morning, Father. Please come down and speak with them. Lord, give us ears to hear. And Father, might we, in this time that we have here, hear from you, Father, through your word. We thank you for this, and we ask this in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. All right, so Paul says here in verse 58, guys, don't slack. Don't fall off the bandwagon. Do not fall by the wayside. He says there, be steadfast, unmovable, always abounding in the work of the Lord. Now, that's a great verse. But in the, in the, in the, in the time of the year we are, we are at now, um, maybe with a show of hands, how many of you have had enough of 2019? You have been trampled over by a steamroller you have been in front of a truck. You have been through a shredder a couple of times. 2019 has taken its toll on many of us in, in, in many forms, ways, and fashions. Whether that would be emotional stuff, physical stuff, financial stuff, whatever. It has been a rough year. And I thought about that. Yes, okay, I'm saying that now. But every year we get to this stage, we say, yeah, we had enough of this year now. So when is this going to end? And isn't this the same with our spiritual walk? We go about, and at some point in our spiritual walk, we said, wow, I, whew, I had enough of this phase now. I, we, we, we can go on now. Yo, I, I think if, if, this, if this year we just get to an end, if this, if this phase, if this stage in my Christian life could just get to an end, I know next year would be better. I'll start fresh. I'll get my New Year's resolutions ready. I'll lose weight. I'll eat healthy. I'll stop cussing. I'll come to church more often. And then it never happens because 10, years, uh, 10 months down the line, we sit where we ride back now, 11 months down the line, we say, oh, I had enough. I'll start over new, uh, uh, next year. Now, I'm not condemning you for that. We are all humans. But I want to look at that and say, guys, we are, and I say we as, as general, a lot of us are weary. We had enough of this, of this, of this year physically. And that plays a part in our spiritual well-being. That flows over and you say, wow, I'm tired. I'm not necessarily always so energetic. So how do I apply this to my spiritual life? And Paul said here in 1 Corinthians 15, in the whole chapter, in the whole book actually, um, Paul writes to these people and he condemns them so many times. Guys, what are you up to? What's going on? This church was in bad shape morally and spiritually. And I look at that and I say, yes, okay, but why? Why did that happen? Why was that church in such a bad shape? Why? 
And I came to the conclusion through the chapter that because these people got weary, sin slowly crept in. And I'm not talking about big sins. I'm talking about maybe laziness or uh, uh, selfishness or stuff like that. And people began weary and they dropped the easy stuff to drop in one's life. And that's why this, this church eventually ended up where they were. It was because of sin. And doesn't the Bible tell us to guard your heart? Guard what you're doing. And I want to apply this to this as well. In this church that we are in, with the time being, people are weary. Everybody's not always into everything. We need to guard our hearts even more. We need to guard the heart of this church even more. That we do not end up as the Corinthian church. And we can apply what Paul says here. And <clears throat> what I want you guys to understand is that this sermon and what Paul did here was not to bend or let them show their hands and hit them and say, wrong, you're, you're stupid, stop doing that, you're grounded. But it was to exhort them, it was to motivate them and say, hey guys, listen, the fact is we're in bad shape. Let's get back to where we should be. Let's get back to the important stuff. And that's what I would like to do here this morning is say, hey guys, I know all of us are weary and tired, but let's keep focus. Let's be steadfast, unmovable, always abounding in the work of the Lord because we know that it is not in vain what we do. I want to break up 1 Corinthians 15. Uh, it is the longest chapter in both the letters to the Corinthians, 1st and 2nd. And chapter 15, I break up in the following way. Verse 1 to verse 11, Paul writes to them to declare unto them the resurrection. What I mean by that is Paul takes them through the, through the resurrection morning. This event was not pr a private. It's, 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 um, uh, uh, it was an, a, a public thing. It's not falsifiable, uh, fiable because, which means that people... The, there's not a lot of uh, uh, um, facts that can prove this wrong because so many people saw it, a lot of eyewitnesses. Verse number 12 to 19, this is where Paul comes and he defends the resurrection. And he says, guys, people came in and said the resurrection, uh, 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 what happened and it was false. And all of, all of this, these false information came into this church and he kind of just said, listen, this happened, here's the proof for it, let's stick to what we know. And um, he said that if, if this resurrection did not happen, what's our, what is our alter alternative? What's next? Because if this doesn't happen, what we are doing is in vain. What we are busy doing, people, I, you can understand that when people look out from the outside, you would think we're a bunch of nutcases, because why are we doing this when there's no proof for this resurrection? But he said, on the contrary, there is many proofs. So exactly what he said, we look like nutcases because there is not. Now we exactly should have more fervency because there is a resurrection. Verse number 20 to 49, he defines the resurrection. And he says in verse 20, but now. He says, after all of this, guys, but now we need to understand the full extent of this resurrection. If it happened, what, how does it apply to us? What, what, what is it? What is it to me that Jesus resurrected from the dead. Through Adam came death, all right, we get that, and so all men died, but through Jesus came life. And not just because he died, but because he rose again. That's, that's where the, the, the weight of this, uh, of this falls in. And Paul makes sure through verse 20 to 49 that, pe that they understand that. Verse 50 to verse 57, he gives you the detail of 
the resurrection. Verse 51 and 52, what's going to happen? When is it going, going to happen? To whom is it going to happen? And all of that. And then in verse 58, where we, are, where we just read from now, that's the resurrection drive. He said, guys, because we know all of these facts now, because we know it happened, because we know it applies to us, therefore, be steadfast, unmovable, always abounding. Because res- this resurrection plays a part in us. This resurrection and the rapture does not wait for us to be in a good place. Wait for next year, January, when all the New Year's resolutions are sorted and we're ready for this year and we're good in our spiritual work, we're reading our Bible, we're praying, we're on good foot with God, then then the resurrection happens. He said, guys, throughout all of that, in tough times, whether that will be morally, physically, emotionally, spiritually, be steadfast, be unmovable, and always abound in what? In the work of the Lord. Because that's where we lay our foundation. That's where we get our orders from. And we say, Lord, if I focus on that, if I focus on what you've given me, I cannot go wrong. And in that, I'll be steadfast. In that, I'll be unmovable. And in that, I will always abound. And I mean always, in a thousand years from now, if you're saved, you'll still abound in that. Because you're going to be in heaven and you'll still abound in the work of the Lord. In chapter 15, as I said, it has the most verses. And I... It's, it's a little peculiar to me to, to look at that because Paul definitely, he put, he put some weight into that. The reason he made this the longest chapter is because he had something to say. And when I picked up on that, I said, wow, well, if he, if he made it the, 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 the biggest chapter, I assume he wanted to drive through some important information. And what I get from this is what I just explained to you guys, that this resurrection is where our faith hangs and falls, Correct. And through this resurrection, we can have hope, correct? And we can get this hope, not just when things are going good, but when we are running on fumes. I think we'll be able to understand the spiritual life better. I think we'll be able to to walk and to go through life better. Because we have the right, I've said it a couple of times already, but we'll have the right perspective. We can look at this God's way, and if, if God looked at this, He said, but what's happening on the earth now is temporal. What's happening through here is if you're saved, it's, it's nothing to worry about because God's in control. So what are we worrying about? What are we, and I, again, I'm, I'm, I'm saying this not to, to rebuke you for being weary, but he's saying in your weariness, keep focus. Keep focus and make sure your motivation and the energy you have each day to continue, you get from this, from what God said, and the mo- motivation and the hope that He has given us. that he has given us. Let me put it to you this way. If we look at a book or a script, the author determines the, the, uh, the role player's words and actions, correct? So in life, the Bible tells us that, that Jesus is the author and the finisher of our faith. So Jesus wrote this book, right? Tell me in a, in a, in a movie or, or in a book or whatever the case might be, if the role players decide, you know what, there, there's a script, I'm going to do my own thing. What's going to happen? It's going to be an absolute show. It's going to be an absolute, it's, it's going to be a mess. Because the, now you have a script, do this. Throw it down, I don't care what the author says, I'm going to do what I want. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to follow the storyline and, and, and fall in when I th- well, I, where I feel is good. We need to follow the storyline of the Savior. And if he says, hey, 
You're going through this rough time. I want you to learn throughout this. I want you to be steadfast, unmovable, always abounding. Then that's what the author says. You should follow the script then and say, Lord, in this weariness, I'm not just going to jump ship and say, I'm done with this. I'm not going to follow my own script. I'm going to follow you by faith, by faith. I had a whole sermon typed up about faith. I'll probably preach it next Sunday. And then the God, uh, God gave me this. But by faith, guys, faith. You will not always see everything that you should believe in. You will not always see the end of this. Pastor Mike is a great example. Can anybody of you tell me why this is happening to him? Exactly. But we have faith. But what God said here, that he will work that to his good. We have faith of what God said, of the script he wrote. And we are following that. We are following that. We have that hope that we're going to see God one day. We have that hope that this is not eternal. All the rough, roughness and, the, and, the, and the, uh, the peril and the issues happening now, it's temporal. So my first point that I want to give to you guys this morning, three quick points, four quick points. First of all, be steadfast. Be steadfast. What does that mean? Well, the definition is being fast or firmly fixed, established, constant, not fickle or, or wavering. Now this means be not fickle, wavering, in light of what we read about the resurrection. Be steadfast and ha- keep that hope firmly fixed and established, constant. You're not affected. You, your, your, your state is not affected. Uh, your, your stand, sorry, is not affected by what's happening around you. Your stand is that I'm going to be steadfast, that this resurrection happened, and my faith is in that. And when these hard, hard times hit... I will, not, uh, 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 I will not move. And I got that again for the, for the, the title of my, of my sermon this morning, is this is for the faint-hearted. Paul wrote this for the faint-hearted. Because there was people falling, I want to say falling out of the faith in the sense that they, they were backsliding, they were saying, you know what, I had enough of this, life's too tough, uh, uh, Christianity is just too tough, I can't deal with this. And he says, just hang on in there, let me just give you the proof of the resurrection, that you can have hope in what God has said. Now this being steadfast, referring to the resurrection, as I have mentioned, I want to make sure you guys understand that this is for saved people. This is for people that have accepted Jesus Christ as their Lord and Savior and are in the body of Christ. And he's saying, if you're not in there, it's going to get tough. Throughout with this whole resurrection, if you believe in the resurrection, then hopefully the end of that will you being saved. You believe that by faith. The Greek word for steadfast, pretty interesting. It means, as I said, seated, but morally seated or fixed. Now, doesn't the Bible say that we are seated at the right hand of the Father? We are seated. We are seated there, which means we are, we are in a fixed position. We're not ready to stand up. You guys are not ready to leave in the next minute or two because you're seated. You should be th- uh, uh, in that way concerning the, the, the resurrection. Sit down. Relax and enjoy the ride. And through that, be steadfast. Steadfastness in the long run equals growth. Steadfastness in the long run equals growth. That's why he said, do not be, uh, be steadfast, unmovable, and always abounding. If you just fall in and fall out, you'll never learn. 
you're, you're, you're ne- you'll, you'll never be able to look back and say, wow, I've, I've been steadfast through these problems, I've kept the faith, and now I can look back and see, wow, this is what God has done. Now I've grown in my spiritual life. Now I can look back and say, well, Lord, you've helped me there, and this is how God did it, and this is how, this is how, how He spoke to me, and this is how He used His Word, this is how He used other people. But I kept faith, and I kept hope when I was fainting. When I was fainting. Another thing a lot of people do when when they get weary is they move away from God. And they think that moving away from God in some form or or, or way will will then give them their energy back. Will then say, if I put my Christianity second, if I just slack on Bible reading and on praying for a while, I I can just get back that energy. And that's not how it works. Take your Bibles and turn to uh, Colossians. Colossians chapter 1. Sorry, keep your place in, uh, in, in, in Corinthians. <clears throat> Colossians. Colossians chapter 1 and verse 23. We read here, If ye continue in the faith, grounded and settled, being steadfast, if ye continue in the faith, grounded and settled, and be not moved away from the hope of the gospel which ye have heard, and which was preached to every creature which is under heaven, whereof Paul, and then he goes on, on, on to speak um, about that, but he said, guys, if you continue in the faith, being grounded and settled and be, not, uh, uh, be moved not away from the hope of the gospel, you need to be grounded and settled. You need to be steadfast when these hard times hit. You, know where, you, you need to know where to turn to. Doing right because it's the right thing to do. We all know that. But do we apply it? In hard times, we know We know where the well of water is. We know where to get our energy from. That's the right thing to do. But the easy thing to do is say, you know what, I'm just going to slack on this and I'm going to step back from that a while and I don't think I want to be so involved in that. And that's exactly the, 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 the opposite that we should, how we should react to this. We should not turn away. But we should turn back to God. Doing the right thing because it is the right thing to do. My second point here is being unmovable. But now I closed my Bible from 1 Corinthians. 1 Corinthians 50, 58. Therefore, my beloved brethren, be steadfast. Second point, unmovable. Unmovable. I always thought that these two meant the same. I just thought Paul wanted to drive, drive home the point of, of not moving, being steadfast. But unmovable actually means someone or something that cannot be moved. Or shaken. Steadfast emphasize the fact of steadiness. You just continue steadily. Unmovable emphasize the aspect of faith unshakable. And this is how you should be unmovable in your faith. And where does that come from? Hebrews 11 gives us a great example of that. He gives us so many proofs of what happened when these, these, these great spiritual giants applied faith. By faith, Abraham did it. By faith, Noah did this. By faith, Enoch. By faith, by faith, by faith. And by faith, we should be unmovable in our faith in this book. 
believing what this book says, even though our outward circumstances does not show this. Having faith in what God said, that He will never leave us nor forsake us. And having faith in this resurrection, that we have a hope that this hardship will only be temporal. Take your Bibles and turn to, keep your places in 1 Corinthians and take your Bibles and turn to Acts. Acts chapter number 27. Acts chapter number 27. And we read here where just prior to when Paul was, uh, was shipwrecked about this. But this is uh, another part in the, in the Bible where we read about something being unmovable. Acts 27 and verse 41. Yeah, let's start reading in 41. And falling into a place where two seas met, they ran the ship aground, and the forepart stuck fast and remained unmovable. But the hinder part was broken with the violence of the waves. This boat was unmovable. It was unmovable. Movable. It was stuck, stuck between rocks, even though the hinder part of the, of the ship got absolutely destroyed. It was stuck. Now, isn't that a good picture of how we should be in the Christian walk? We should lodge ourselves in the rock of God, the rock Jesus. And the storms can blow at the back there, and it can break us at the back. But we should be unmovable. You know what was very, very interesting when I read this? Uh, Acts 27 and verse 44. And the rest, oh, let's read 30, uh, 40, 42 and 40, uh, 244. And the soldiers' counsel was to kill the prisoners. Let any of them should swim out and escape. But the centurion, willing to save Paul, kept them from their purpose and commanded that they, uh, that they which could swim should cast themselves into the sea and get to land. And the rest, some on boards and some on broken pieces of the ship, and so it came to pass that they escaped all to land safely. People got saved from the boat being broken. Okay? I just told you guys we should lodge yourself into the rock. Even though our life is falling apart to the back and our boat is being broken to pieces, maybe, I'm not saying this is a fact, maybe God is letting that happen. So that by your peril and heartache, someone else can float to shore on the broken pieces of your boat. Maybe. Maybe. But that boat was lodged into, uh, uh, into those rocks. Let's think this through. If that boat was not lodged into those rocks, it might have been pulled back. These guys were jumping in the water. So that boat might have struck them. It might have caused more damage than what it was right there. Just the boat, uh, just to the boat was caused damage and people could have been saved. Maybe that's why, why what's happening to you today. Maybe God is using you, the situation you're in, to say, you know what, this boat might break into pieces, but it's for my will. And by faith, we should keep our head lodged into that rock and say, Lord, I'm clinging to this. I'm going to be unmovable because I have faith and what you're going to do. I have faith in how you are going to work. Take your Bibles and turn to Galatians. Galatians chapter 1 as well. Galatians chapter 1 as well. 
To the contrary, we read about this story of the Galatians that did exactly the opposite. They were unmovable. They were not steadfast. And Paul rebuked them. And he said, guys, in, 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 in Galatians chapter 1, the first part there, he said, guys, you have all of this information. You know about Jesus and the death and the resurrection and, and, and how you should lay your life down for Christ. And then in verse 6, Galatians 1 and verse 6, Paul said, I marvel that you are so soon removed from Him that called you into the grace of Christ unto, an, uh, uh, unto another gospel. He said, I marvel that you're so soon removed when this hardship striked. You guys said, you know what, I'm out. There were no steadfastness. There were no unmovability. You did not come into this saying, I'm not going to go anywhere. Lord, I'm stuck here. I'm, I have faith in you. Does God look down and He maybe look at you and say, you know what, I marvel that you're so soon removed from this faith. I marvel that after everything you have been taught, everything, every opportunity that there, there has been to, to ground you in the Word and in the doctrine, with everything you know, I marvel that you're so soon removed from the faith. I'm not saying, again, I'm not saying that just because you're lacking and, and your spiritual life is, is, is a little bit maybe on the slower side, that that's wrong. But being removed from this and saying, done with that. He says, I marvel. Is God marveling this morning? Third point, 1 Corinthians 15 and 58. Therefore, my beloved brethren, be ye steadfast, unmovable, always abounding. He didn't say just abound. He said always abound. What does that mean? The dictionary gave this big of a description. I have basically two small sentences. Having in great plenty and being in great plenty. Having in great plenty the peace of God. Having in great plenty that what God is doing is working together for His will. Having in plenty the faith that God has given to you. And being in plenty. Being in plenty what? Being plenty obediently. Huh? That does not make sense. But being plenty, plentily obedient. Having a lot of that. Having a lot of obedience. Having a lot of faith. Having a lot of Jesus in you. Being in great plenty, the image of Christ on, the, on this earth. And this third point here goes a little bit deeper. And it says, guys, be, be steadfast. Be unmovable. That's one thing. But always abounding, always being full, that's kind of the, the bonus points of this exam. That's kind of, of Paul saying, all right, I mean, we have, this is where the, 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 the wheat and the chaff is being, being separated. You need to go deeper. And you need to always abound in the work of the Lord. Always abound. Now in the day and age we live in, abounding means to have health, wealth and prosperity. And having a lot of that. Having in plenty and being socially and status-wise in plenty. That's what this, uh, uh, the, the, the society out there gives us to work with 
What is abounding? And God says, you're missing the point. You're missing the point. If you are abounding in money and in health and in wealth and in prosperity, you're still going to be empty. We had that lesson just just this morning. What will a man give for his soul? It's priceless. And so this faith is priceless. This faith in God and when you are weary, this opportunity to grow is priceless. It is absolutely priceless. But we need to go above and beyond. We, to, we should not just be steadfast and unmovable in the faith, but always abounding. Put your words into action. Always abounding is that verse right there. But be ye doers of the word and not hearers only. Deceiving who? Your own selves. You're not deceiving the church. You're not deceiving your brother or sister. You're not deceiving anybody. You're not deceiving God. You're deceiving yourself. Give it a try. Put this Christian, put this Christian talk into action. Go and apply what you read in the Bible. Go and apply what you, what you hear Sunday mornings. Go and apply what you pray for on Saturday evenings. Because the moment you put this into action, God says, now I like that. Now you're always abounding. And you're going to be so busy saying, Lord, but I'm, I'm focusing on what you want me to do. I'm focusing on what I read in the Bible, applying that, helping others, that I'm not saying your problems are going away, but they kind of fade back in the background. And, and now and then you look at that and you say, oh, you know what, I still have issues. I still have a lot of problems in life. But God, I, I trust that you'll sort them out. I'm going through this and... And I'm applying what I'm hearing Sunday mornings. I'm applying what I'm reading, out, reading in the Bible. And I'm, I'm, I'm always abounding in this, in what God has said. We are to be steadfast. We are to be unmovable. We are to be always abounding in the work of the Lord. And lastly, lastly, for as much as ye know that your labor is not in vain, in the Lord. Don't you just hate it when you do something for someone? Let's say you think that it's going to be a good idea to book a nice dinner for your wife, but you don't tell her. You don't tell her. You get home after work, you say, All right, honey, get your dress ready. We're going to go out tonight. And she's already made dinner. Yeah, but, but let's go out. Yeah, but I already made dinner. Now your efforts was in vain. All the trouble you went through, all the reservations and the money you paid and all of that is in vain. It was, it was done for nothing. That will never be the case with God. Never. doesn't matter if you've been saved for a day or if you've been saved for 30 years. Nothing you do will ever be in vain. Paul says here, he didn't just say, Uh, uh, um, that your labor is not in vain in the Lord. He said that you should know, knowing that what we do for God is not in vain. That after all of this, my beloved brethren, be ye steadfast, unmovable, always abounding. Woo, Paul, that's asking a lot. I need to change some stuff. I need to get my mindset right. I need to get the whole perspective right. And he says, I know. For as much as ye know 
that if you do this, your labor will not be in vain for the Lord. God will recompense maybe heartaches you went through uh, 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 that, 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 that He knew was, I don't want to say unfair, but that He knew it was maybe a Job situation. Your labor will not be in vain. Act on what you know by faith. We go through life and we hit heartaches and we hit times of trouble. It's those times we can look back at this book and say, with everything I know, maybe just this one book, maybe just 1 Corinthians 15, of what I know in there, that should be my motivation to keep on. That should be my motivation to be steadfast in Jesus. Steadfast in my faith towards the resurrection. Being unmovable towards Jesus and the resurrection. And to always abound in His work, in Jesus' work. For we know, for we know that what we do for God will not be in vain. Amen. Let's all stand, head bowed and eyes closed. Head bowed and eyes closed. And I want to ask that you go out this week knowing, knowing, knowing that this Bible that you read is straight out of the hand of God. And what He said in there, if we can put our faith into that. There's not a lot of things in this life we can put our faith on. There's not a lot of things we can be sure of. But that's definitely one thing. Definitely one thing. God said, our labor is not in vain if we do it for Him. At least that can be our motivation. Lord, we thank You that You've given us a word. We thank You that You've given us the freedom to read it, Father. We thank You that You've given us a life that we freely can lay down for You, God. And if there's anybody here this morning that have not done that yet, God, I want to pray and ask that You would work in their hearts and, and show them what they're missing out on, Lord that they would taste and see that the Lord is good. Father, please, please send us out here today, ready, Lord, to, with Your help and with Your grace, to approach life, Lord, wisely, steadily, Father. And when these hardships hit, when we, this, these waves and storms are, are, are crashing into our boat, Father, that we might still just cling on and say, Lord, even if I perish throughout this, Lord, I, I stood for you. Please motivate these people, God, and give them that perspective, Father. That you are pleased with what they're doing. You are pleased with the efforts that they're giving, Father. And for those that, that, Lord, that need to improve, that need to do more, that need to take their spiritual responsibility more serious, Lord, please, please deal with them accordingly. God, it's a privilege to read your book. It's a privilege to have a Bible. And please, Father, help us. Give us a heart that would, that would appreciate this more, Father. Please, please start with me. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Amen. Amen, guys. Please remember with the church, Bri, we hope to see you all there. Thank you very much.